Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. We took a little break. We had on Sharma earlier um, from uh, PA to talk about student loan debt. And right now we're going to have Summer on um, to talk about her student loan debt. And she is from Texas. And um, Summer, tell them a little bit about yourself. Um, Hi, y'all. I'm Summer Lolly. I am born and raised in Dallas, Texas. And um, just for, you know, uh, you know, for informational purposes, I have about um, $25,000. Well, probably I think I'm now subtracting the 10,000 that uh, um, that the uh, Thousand Women Strong helped, you know, kind of push through. Um, So, yeah, I and I'm also um try, attempting to get a master's so that's more student loans it is so with the previous guest i asked her about her journey right like you know why did you decide to go to college i know some families are like oh you got to go to college perhaps you were the first person to go to college um and along with that journey to going to college what did paying for it look like oh, man yeah um yeah definitely um I, you know, always knew that I wanted to go to college. I love school. I love school. And uh, it just makes me happy to think about, you know, all of the ideas um, and things like that. So um, there wasn't, there was always a kind of a a pressure for me to do well in school because I just, I did do well in school. So I was, they were always like, you need, you know, more A's, what does this be? And things like that. So, um, my parents didn't finish college, but they did go to, um, you know, Texas Tech, um, but they were unable to finish. Um, as be- yeah, because <laughs> college is expensive um, and it was expensive even then. And just imagine, you know, me going, you know, 18 years old um, to school and I went to um, a private university. They um they uh, really uh, needed people who looked like me to go to the school. So um, I went to the school that offered me the most money, but that still didn't cover anything almost. I mean, it, it covered uh, tuition, which is great, um, but there's mm-hmm. still room, board, books, um, you know, mm-hmm. just all food, you know. I remember it's being heavy. really broke and really hungry, you know, at times and just being like, I'm going to go into these sorority houses and like pack up all the food and stuff like that. Um, So yeah, um, I, but I also saw it as um, a way to have enough to raise a family and that we can talk about later, but um, Mm -hmm. I found it, you know, everyone's like, if you go, it's that whole American dream you think about and, you know, you go to college um, and you're expected to be able to just make enough money to support your family, which, you know, wasn't the case because, you know, uh, I'm like, how old am I? I'm like 33 years old and, you know, my parents still, mm-hmm. you know, spotting me. So it's just, you know, uh, sometimes I'm just like, man, why do I keep accumulating this debt? Um, right. So. Well, I can kind of tell you why. Um, as this podcast is named, The American Dream Costs You Damn Much. Yeah, it, it really um, does. We were, it really does. Yeah. And we were sold this dream about go to college, get a good job. You'll be able to support you and your family. And that is not what happened. Not at all. Yeah. I couldn't even support myself. So it's just like, 
making it, it's just like, you know, even me returning to school 10 years after the fact, mm -hmm. it is, it's because I need to earn a living. I need to, you know, be able to pay all my bills, get a house with that white picket fence or whatever the American dream is, but it, it just costs you damn much, you know? So, so the question I have for you is, so you, did you graduate college? You graduated college. Yes, I graduated, so graduated undergrad. With, yes. With a four-year degree. Mm -hmm. And so when you went out into the world to find a job, what happened? Um, yeah, I definitely, um, I went out into the world and I, all of my college and even my master's classes right now are all focused on community development, on just like mm -hmm. the community and just knowing that, you know, I, I'm making less than, you know, the people who went straight into like banking and things like that. It's just like, um, but none of my jobs or anything qualified for um, the, what is it? The 25 year, the 10 year, yeah, public service loan forgiveness. Um, yeah. So yeah, I went, my first job out of college was with the American Federation of Teachers and School Employees. Woo -woo. Okay, Madam American <laughs> Federation of Teachers, yes. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we had that connection. Um, and it was in Louisiana. Um, and, you know, I moved back to Texas. Um, and started working with like Battleground Texas, Planned Parenthood Texas Votes and all of these other organizations, um, knowing that, you know, I'm not getting paid, you know, as much as, you know, uh, of the, you know, my Private white sector. person cohort, you know, who was in the same class, um, you know, and mm -hmm. things like that. And it's, yeah, it's, you know, you're just have enough to pay your bills and that's about it. So. Yeah, I, I wanted you to talk about that because in the, you know, previous conversation I had, that was the issue that was highlighted. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, you have a degree, but you have now you have the student mm -hmm. loan debt mm -hmm. um, and but you don't get paid as much as your white counterparts. And so paying back those student loan debts become, becomes more of an issue. And this is not anything we think mm -hmm. and feel. There's data to support that. There's statistics and we can go into the statistics, but we really want to talk about the stories and the impact it had on people like you who are out here doing advocacy work out here doing the things that matter. Um, yeah. And when, the other thing. Oh yeah. Sorry to interrupt. And, you know, talking about no, like the, the pay difference um, I found out uh, after with like seven or eight years of advocacy work, um, you know, I found out that um, a white uh, man who had zero, zero experience was making more than me and so that just like you know it's it was like heartbreaking i was like you know really really hurt punching the gut yeah. punching the gut it's just like this dude with no experience um is getting paid more than me and i i thought we were you know and you know an organization looking you know to better you know people and mm -hmm. you know that doesn't happen if internally you are being racist <laughs> so <laughs> so um yeah it's and yeah it's it really hurts and it's something that you know i couldn't quite you know wrap my head around until you know that happened that they like mm -hmm. white men really make like what is it two or three times more in a um yeah. you know a career so it's 
yeah <laughs> it's a yeah it, it it is it is particularly because you know i think all of us have the same and by all i mean black women and our white counterparts have the same american dream it's just that somebody's able to get to the American dream quicker than us because of the systemic racism and the institutionalized foolishness. Um, but yet, and still here we are as black women getting just as many degrees. Uh, we have the fortune the ahead. Degrees, you know, uh, we, we are the most educated population, yet our paychecks aren't reflecting that. They are not. And um, we can get in a whole conversation about, you know, us being angry about mm -hmm. it or not. Um, and our uh, righteous indignation, mm -hmm. um, but fast forward, you know, you said 10 years ago you got out of, um, you graduated undergrad and now you're venturing off into um, a graduate program and you will be incurring more debt. Um, I already have, yeah. In between, <laughs> in between that time, like what, how has the student loan debt impacted your life decisions in terms of like, you know, if, if you want to, if it's too personal, let me know. In terms of fan, family planning, in terms of like buying a house, you mentioned, you, you mentioned that, mm -hmm. like. How have, have those things impacted you? Oh man, just everything. It's it's family planning, it's buying a house, it's buying a car. It's like you have this debt that is, you know, ever, every day, you know, interest is increasing on it. Um, you know, if you look at all of the amount of money that I've like put into, you know, my student loan debt, you know, with the interest and just, you know, everything else, it's, unbelievable you know how much money i'm gonna it's gonna take for me to you know pay off my student loan debts with or without you know uh 10 10k like it that puts a small dent in it but just mm -hmm. um you know if but these are things that you know people say that you choose to do you chose to go to college right. you're choosing to get your master's and i'm you know it's just like i don't have any other option but to, you know, level up. So what I call it is, you know, you don't have any other option because it's either, you know, uh, struggling to pay bills, to eat, you know, and to be a participant in society, not only just paying bills, right. eating, but, you know, uh, right. being able to participate in society, that means like going out mm -hmm. to dinner and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the American dream, yeah, the American dream. dream. I should yeah. be able to do that, but, you know. Yeah, it's a struggle for sure, for sure. Um, you know, you're an advocate and you know this better than most. You know, how do you see your student loan debt struggle intersectional with why we got to vote in this midterm? Oh man, that's a great question. It's it's because, you know, the student loan debt, all of these things, these are things that we can we can impact, you know. Uh please mm -hmm. please go vote and make sure you're asking um, your representative what he's doing about, you know, uh, student loans. Ask them, you know, uh, about trade programs. Um, mm -hmm. You know, ask them, you know, about scholarship opportunities or how we're going to get the cost of, you know, uh, public education on the university level down or free. Because right. I know, I, you know, me, I'm just being like, you know, education should be free. It should be accessible. Um, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah, just the having the burden um, to foot all these bills and take out, 
you know, loans that, you know, I just don't see, you know, how I'm going to, you know, clear them in X, Y, Z amount of time, you know, having that burden be on poor people and people of color, because a lot of my mm -hmm. classmates, they didn't have to take out loans. Um, their mom right. and dad paid for it. A lot of my classmates, you know, are hard, tall white men who immediately, you know, um, started making six figures um mm. so it's just you know it's just something that is not something that is or even was right. you know um it's mm -hmm. something you know it's there's laws and policies that shaped the way student loan debt is That's today right. and we gotta you know hire we have to vote for um the right people um that will address the to shape that. Um, even on the local levels with community college, like free community college and all the way up mm -hmm. um, to just, you know, free college. Facts. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything you said is is super key um, because everything is intersectional and systemic. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, just not voting for the top of the ticket, as I discussed in the earlier conversation, but like you said, at the local level, mm -hmm. because people can impact these policies. Yeah. Um, well, Summer, is there anything that you want to leave us with before we close this out? Um, yeah, definitely, you know, pay attention to each and every election because all of the people that you're putting on the ballot are making these decisions about college and about everything else mm -hmm. in your life. And, you know, it it's just, you know, incumbent upon us to, you know, you know, participate and vote. And I know a lot of people say, oh, my vote doesn't matter or whatever, but it does. And it does bigly, especially in, um, you bigly. Bigly, especially in, you know, you know, county races, you know, um, yes. and it's just huge. huge. So um, please vote. <laughs> That's all I'm going to leave you with. Great. Thank you, Summer. I appreciate you being here with us. And as usual, folks, we are definitely going to share some resources um, and some information about, uh, you know, uh, public loan forgiveness, if that date hasn't passed yet. And, um, you know, any information we have about uh, Biden's plan to relieve the student loan debt. It is fast and furious in terms of what's happening, but we will share um, what we have to the current date in our um, show notes. So, Talk to you all soon and uh, take care. So hello, folks. We are back talking about um, reproductive rights and maternal health. Um, and I have on now the delightful Summer Lolly from Texas. She is um, very versed in what's happening in Texas in terms of reproductive rights and maternal health. Um, and so I'm going to have Summer introduce herself and talk a little bit about what's happening. Hey, y'all. Um, my name is Summer Lolly. I am born and raised in Texas, um, Dallas specifically. Uh, but um, yeah, and um, I've been working in the advocacy um, realm um, since I graduated college. Um, and um, a lot of that includes, you know, uh, American Federation of Teachers. I was a union organizer. Um, and Battleground, Texas, I help with campaigns, registered voters, and um, uh, Planned Parenthood, Texas votes, um, talking to everyone about their reproductive rights. Um, and then I was a board member of the Texas Equal Access Fund, and that is uh, the abortion fund in Texas, and they help people get abortions. Um, so, yeah. 
So let's cut to the just just cut just get into it. Already, when did everything you know go to shit? So <laughs> we know that they overturned Roe v. Wade, right? I think some of us had an inkling that that would happen before it happened. So what was the conversation on the ground in Texas right before Roe v. Wade? Um, Especially, you know, with the historical leak of the um, of the opinion, um, you know, abortion in Texas has always been really just explosive. It's always been just really tumultuous. You, mm-hmm. we in Texas, we were fighting, um, you know, like the six week abortion bill that came out mm-hmm. in the legislative session afterwards. And that is, you have six weeks from, uh, you know, conception pretty much to get an abortion. A lot of people don't even know that they're pregnant then. Um, uh, 48 hour waiting periods where you have to see, uh, or 24 hour, I guess, when you have to see um, the doctor um, to tell you um, lies um, because a lot of the stuff that um, doctors had to tell patients um, um, during the sonogram was, you know, not medically accurate facts. Um, and um, then you you did that sonogram um, and you would have to wait 24 hours for the same doctor to um, get an abortion. So Texas has been struggling you know, uh, with abortion access um, for years. Um, And we've been fighting bad bills um, about abortion and family planning for years because we, uh, Texas is not a a red state, but a lot of red people, um, Republicans get into office and they're making all of these laws about women. Um, and it's really, you know, we're, we're not a red state, we're a non-voting state. And there's years and years mm. of voter suppression that's happening where people can't vote, um, aren't voting, or feel like their vote doesn't count. So um, just reminding everyone while I can to vote um, in the November um, midterm elections, because just because the president isn't on the ballot, you have um, governors, other um, other legislators and things like that in Texas mm-hmm. We're really hoping that um, Beto um, uh, gets the nomination or gets, yeah, uh, gets nominated as governor of Texas. Um, And he would be able um, in the governor's position to veto bad bills. Um, And people, um, you know, should be voting in every election because from the top, from president, even though we're not voting for president to governor, to all the state ledge, you know, we have to vote for the right people or we're going to get these types of laws um, and we're going to, you know, they're, they're going to be appointing judges. They're going to be doing mm-hmm. all of these things. And um, you saw how many uh, Supreme Court picks did Donald Trump have? Um, that's right. And that's where we are. It is where we are. I'm glad that you um, lifted up um, to vote from the top of t- top of the ticket regardless of what that election cycle has because we know that there won't be a president on this ticket. However, it's crucial that the top of the ticket, which I believe is the governor of this election cycle in Texas, is all yeah. states, um, make some crucial decisions, as well as the folks that will be in the legislature that will serve with that governor mm-hmm. in terms of what will get up to him, what he will have to veto, what he will sign into law, what will be okay. So all of those steps along the way. And another thing that we often overlook, and I'm so glad you mentioned, is the judges. Mm-hmm. A lot of those things, not just the Supreme Court, but at your circuit level, at your district level, pay attention to who your judges are. Mm -hmm. 
because they too make decisions that can impact your life. Yeah, if you know, um, you know, judges across you know the United States had um, you know vote didn't even have to you know bring up if they had you know uh, not chosen to uh, you know the Dobbs decision and things like that that if they had chosen to you know, vote another way or things like that, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't even have had to go to the Supreme Court. So let me, let me pause really quick for those folks who don't know what the Dobbs decision is. Can you give us a quick? Um, I mean, it's pretty much like the, the court case that, um, uh, overturned Roe v. Wade is just essentially, you you know, you're, um, you have, you know, um, a lot of bills being thrown down the bucket, um, for, all of the, um, you know, any abortion laws and things like that. And they're hoping that they go to court so that um, it can go to the Supreme Court um, so that they can overturn Roe v. Wade. So a lot of these bad laws were there kind of as bait um, for people to, uh, you know, be like, this is a terrible law. We need to, you know, litigate against this. But, you know, that's also what they were waiting for so that they it can um, go down the appeals process all the way up to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yes, these are all things that are happening in Texas. More and more reason for folks in Texas to get out to vote. So we talked about it kind of like what I would term like a 20-foot level, right? So what are the conversations you're having with people and you heard, you've heard because I know you're in the advocacy space in terms of Black women on the ground? How is it impacting them? It's always been impacting Black women on the ground, even before Roe v. Wade, um, you know, got overturned. It's, you know, um, how can you take off, you know, two days of work to travel Mm -hmm. to, you know, a city center like Dallas and Houston, um, San Antonio, Austin, that actually have, you know, abortion clinics um, and things Mm -hmm. like that. So, you know, the rest, Texas is a huge state. Um, Mm -hmm. And our major cities, you know, people have to travel from, you know, um, a rural part and things like that Mm -hmm. um, to go get um, abortion care. So it's it's already, you know, been. So give us give us an example how how far of a drive that could be for someone. Oh, yeah. Like uh, it could be anywhere from like a two hour to a five hour drive to the nearest big city um, to have mm-hmm. an abortion. Uh, you, you might um, get people from, you know, the panhandle all the way down to like, you know, the, the, the coast. Um, right. And they they have to find a babysitter for their ki- um, they have to find a babysitter for their kids because most people mm-hmm. who have abortions um you know they are already mothers um and Mm -hmm. so they know what a baby is we don't they don't need to give us a sonogram to let to you know we know what a baby is it's just Mm -hmm. you know can we provide for the baby um and Mm -hmm. things like that and these are all Mm -hmm. you know questions that should be between you know the individual getting an abortion, their family and their doctor. And that should be it. There shouldn't you imagine if a state trooper, um, you know, you know, came up to your door and, uh, you know, asking your daughter questions about, you know, her, you know, abortion status Mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. 
it's it's unheard of um and it's a medical decision and it's a personal decision and it's about a woman's respective autonomy about what she chooses to do with that um and we can't like repeat that enough i know in other states um the issue is not just abortion abortion is huge and we shouldn't be afraid of that conversation but it's also about reproductive health yeah yeah just people associate planned parenthood with um you know abortions but really you know, they give pap smears, they give just ad advice about sex, they give you contraception options and things like that. And it's October breast cancer exams, yes, which is cancer. crucial, mm -hmm. particularly for black women mm -hmm. who um, die at higher rates than their counterparts from breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's really, you know, tough. And, and you do, I mean, I've heard about um, some states, not Texas quite yet, but who are trying to limit um contraceptives um so like mm -hmm. they're going after they literally are going after you know the yes. pill and all these things that were promised not to, you know not to be coming up but you know now that you know and it's mm -hmm. about control the doors of, are open mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The control of our bodies mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and having black women dealt enough with control of our bodies right yeah. i mean i don't mean to be this but i'm gonna be this yes, you know from yeah. slavery on forward in terms of how our bodies are policed mm -hmm. um and here you are again telling us what we can and can't do with our bodies and it's problematic it's all get out mm -hmm. um so we talked about that so let's talk about for just a little bit before we go maternal health mm -hmm. and the rates yeah. for black infant mortality and maternal health yeah. in texas um, it's it's serious in Texas. Um, literally, Texas, um, you know, black maternal mortality rate um, is equivalent to third world countries. And I hate, you know, trying to make that um, kind of comparison. But with the amount of medical infrastructure that we do have, it's there's really well, no reason. It, and you can't out income yourself out of that. Um, I know we, um, you know, you, I, I can make as much money as possible, but when I'm going to a hospital, um, they don't know how much I'm making. They see me as a black woman and, you know, right. give care, you know, or not, not the best care, um, you know, mm -hmm. um, in the hospitals. So it's, it's very That's serious. Real. And I know we, it was it um, Serena Williams, um, who, mm -hmm. Um, talked about her experience. Talked about her experience in the hospital and how they ignored mm -hmm. her pain and things like that. Beyonce too. Mm -hmm. Beyonce yeah. also talked about it. Yeah, and it's it's just like you know they shout out Houston, Texas. <laughs> Houston, baby. So yeah, it's just like um, it's something that you know you me as I'm trying to climb as far as possible up the income bracket. You know mm -hmm. it. You know if and when I get pregnant. You know. I won't, you know, I won't receive the same amount of care as a white woman next to me statistically in Texas. And my, you know, the likelihood of me dying in birth is, is you know, astronomically Greater. more than the white woman who's also having a baby next to me. Absolutely. Your money and your education won't save you mm -hmm. um, as a black woman uh, if, you know, you're in a maternal health crisis. Um, the other episode that I had before you, um, I talked with the guest about um, the big instance of the um, woman who um, had earned the Ph.D. and worked for the CDC and mm -hmm. she died um, during birth and her education, her background, her advocacy couldn't save her life. Mm -hmm. And that's saddening to me. Um, that you can't out-income yourself, you can't out-educate yourself from 
you know, being in that statistic. And so um, we have to do better in terms of that. And um, the fact that Texas is, I, I don't want to say ground zero, but uh, that Texas is at the forefront of those statistics is, yeah. is, is a problem. And the, and the fact that, you know, our governor won't expand Medicaid, like, uh, you know, in Texas, and that's denying Black women, women of color, you know, the healthcare they need while they're pregnant, um, you know, and, and into the, you know, uh, days, years, decades that they'll, they'll have to raise a, a child. So it's just, mm-hmm. you know, again, I, I, I'm going to harp on the elections, you know, we have sure. to elect leaders um, who care about Black women. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe we, that's, that feels like that's a t-shirt. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to mention the unnamed rapper who likes to wear certain shirts that say certain things, but maybe we need to have a t-shirt that says, you know, America doesn't care about black yeah. women. I mean, <laughs> it's been said, but like we gotta, and especially in Texas and especially, you know, just, just black women, period. He said black people, but like, you know, yeah. for black women, you know, having a baby is, is life life-threatening to us um yeah. given the amount yeah. of care um the quality of care that we're given you know we shouldn't you know with as much health care infrastructure like i said we shouldn't be dying delivering no. babies absolutely not nobody should but particularly black women should not mm-hmm. um listen we got all this education we making all this money but not really we making money we got the education we got the student loan debt mm-hmm. to prove it but like it just it just doesn't make any sense um and it, so it has scary. to be a system it, it has to be systemic yeah it's systemic and it's it's scary to someone me i may or may not have um a you know get pregnant and things like that but mm-hmm. like i'm when i'm thinking about it i am i'm thinking about my student loan debt you know That's am right. i going to survive birth and these are like pretty major, you know, topics um, when absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things that we shouldn't have to like there's enough to have to deal with with life lifing as mm-hmm. I say, but this shouldn't have to be it in the in the nation so as rich as we are and like you said the uh, infrastructure that we have. Mm-hmm. As we wrap this conversation up, um is there anything else you want to emphasize? I know we talked about it at the top of the conversation with the importance of why reproductive health and maternal health and voting go together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you want to uh, speak yeah. on that as we close I, out? I, you know, this is a plea to everyone is to vote and to know who you're voting for. Um, and, you know, also to, you know, come out in arms, like, you know, and with the advocacy for Black women, because Black women will show up to all the other, you know. Every time. We will show up for everyone, but who's going to show up for Black women? So, um yeah. please just show up yeah let's show up for ourselves let's show up for our community and those who are in the community show up for us mm-hmm. show up if not for yourself dang it show up for us because mm-hmm. we show up for so many folks in so many different ways well i appreciate you coming on summer i appreciate your time mm-hmm. um you're such a wealth of knowledge i hope to talk to you soon maybe after this midterm we'll check in again to see where we're at in Texas, see what folks is doing, see how we got to forge ahead for the presidential because you know it's on and popping mm-hmm. right after this midterm. Yes. So um, I thank you. Um, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and be well.